what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and um, I won't say emergency pod, but a, a rapid reaction. It's Tuesday nights. Um, actually, not Tuesday night. It's it's Monday nights. I've had the chance to take it all in, which has been the NFC Championship game. And uh, it's important we I, I do this pod with my uh, co-host, T-Up. T-Up, are you there? <laughs> I'm I'm here. I'm alive. It was a uh, it was a rough day. I'm not gonna lie. It's dragging my feet. You know, just I know we were just reflecting on the game yesterday and just like, wow, wow. I mean, I don't think anyone could have predicted this is the way that it's going. It was going to end up, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was tough to watch at times. But you know, got through the game. This shit was a blur. Uh, like I said, Monday, Tuesday, what I don't know. All I know is when um, it hit triple zero, I just looked at the score and it was Eagles 31, Niners 7. And the game was honestly over before it even started. Um, and for those that watched the game, which I'm assuming, you know, for those that are listening to this pod, did watch the football game. You know, I kid you not, the first drive first quarter for series when the Niners hit the football. You had Brock Purdy, who was, I think it was four for four for 23 yards during that drive, but then play action pass. Um, the tight end Croft gets matched up against uh, Hassan Reddick. Um, awesome pass rusher, by the way, for the Eagles. But anyways, he's unable to block him. Play action pass. Um, hits Purdy while he's throwing. And his elbow uh, is pretty much shot up after that. And they, they say that his elbow's numb. And, you know, up to that point, um, all that optimism, all that the play calling the team was was ready to go against this Eagles team. But, um, you know, if your quarterback, let alone your third string quarterback, can't throw the football, um, it makes it really tough to win a football game. And so that's exactly what happened. Josh Johnson, their fourth string quarterback, came in, didn't do. I don't know, well, honestly, I, I didn't think he was prepared, or nor was he ready to play because he had a fumble. Um, just didn't look at all right and ready for the moments. But thirty-one-seven, Eagles go on to the Super Bowl. Tee up, just a lot to take in. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Obviously, when the injury transpired to. The final score being thirty-one to seven, but you know we do this part at the same time to express and get things off our chests, right? And so this is a rapid reaction. How do you, how do you take this? Yeah, first I guess we'll just go back to the play. Um, I I really didn't think anything of it when I saw it, and then obviously the ball came out. I thought it was an incomplete pass, um, or actually I thought it was a fumble, but. Shanahan was challenging it that it was an incomplete pass, but it was actually the other way around. Philadelphia, um, it was called in- incomplete, right? Yep. And yep. then Philadelphia is the one that actually challenged it, and it turned into a fumble. So I was like, okay, that's that sucks, but you know we'll come back from it. And then you see Purdy just kind of warming up the arm, and then you. Just, Next drive, they get the ball back. They actually stopped them. They went three and out on that drive. They did. And, yeah, they went three and out, punted it. 
you see Mr. 17 come out, you're like, okay, this is weird. Maybe he just needs to, you know, yeah, he's a little rattled. Give it a little rest. Yeah, just a little rest. Maybe he's just like a stinger at most. No, 17 played the whole fucking game. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, first things first, we already know what happened in the game. It's, uh, but I guess just some of the things that you see on social media after the game is I kind of want to address them. And also, obviously, you got like super emotional Niners fans saying things that they they wish they don't want to happen, but they're just saying it out of just anger. Um, but yeah, first thing, Tyler Croft, you know, him being responsible, of, um, letting Hassan Reddit go. And there's two ways to see it. Is it, was it cross fault for letting him go? It's like, no, well, Hassan Reddick is a pro bowl rush, you know, pass rusher. So he just did his thing. And then there's other people, other fans that are saying that it was Kyle Shanahan's fault. Why is, why is a tight end, let alone Tyler Croft, guarding uh, Hassan Reddick? But we all know play action, that's the scheme. So that's that's the way it is. The tight end will, will cover the outside pass rusher. It's his responsibility to close the edge. So I think in the most simplest terms is Croft, he got beat by a Pro Bowl pass rusher. So I don't see anything wrong in that play, you know. It was just it was just unfortunate just the way that it happened. And it kind of lingered throughout the whole game. Like, you know, Niners couldn't really couldn't really seal the edge. You know, there was always pass rushers getting to the to the quarterback. Um, couldn't really get a run together besides the McCaffrey touchdown run. Um, but yeah, I mean as soon as you know, they pretty much turned one dimensional at that point and they got shut they they couldn't they couldn't convert any points. Not even field goal. Which is pretty surprising. Yeah, it's um <laughs> I mean, first and foremost, uh you talk about battle of the trenches. Well, you saw it. Um their defensive line was presumably a lot more physical than uh, the Niners offensive line. And even both ways too, you know, when the, the Niners were on defense against that Eagles offensive line, the tape's out there, but you know, fucking like Javon Kinlaw was like lost in the sauce. He was gobbled up by this Eagles offensive line. And whether it was Bosa, I know Bosa was dealing with some injuries, you know, in game and, you know, the the defense just got put in a lot of bad opportunities to give up. I mean, you know, for the record, they're they're the top ring defense, but you gave up four rushing touchdowns, um, 31 points overall. Um, Yeah, they, um, this Eagles team was the better team in regards to the trenches. And we knew that that would be a big key to the game to see who would be able to, you know, put out their sort of game, uh, command the run game. And that's exactly what happened with the Eagles. Cause here's the thing about this Eagles team too. It's not like Jalen hurts was all worldly. Actually, if you look at the stats, I mean, this defense did a pretty good job containing Jalen hurts. We were really worried about, him as a runner, him taking shots, you know, down the field, but he only had 121 passing yards for that matter. And, you know, obviously a lot of it goes back to the context where the game was out of hand, where he didn't really need to throw that much. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just a weird game because, you know, the Eagles, they didn't really have to be that creative on the offense because, you know, quite frankly, the Niners had already beaten themselves, which is the quarterback play and, Josh Johnson, you know, fumbling the ball to end the first half. 
Eagles were right there in the red zone. They got pretty much handed another touchdown to go up 21 to seven at halftime. And from that point on, knowing that Josh Johnson ain't shit, Brock Purdy is not going to be able to throw a forward pass. Uh, it made the second half pretty much an afterthought. The, the game was already decided by halftime. No. Yeah, pretty much. That was a, uh... Yeah, that, that fumble at the end of the half, I was all like, okay, let's try to put up some points before the end of the half. Um, and then Niners get the ball again in the second half to begin, but that ended up not happening. I guess, like you said, you know, it's kind of a – you can't really ask your fourth-string quarterback who's only been on the team for, what, three weeks yeah. to expect him to play in, you know, the biggest stage of probably his entire career. I mean, I will um, say this, though. Uh, you know, I was watching with a bunch of friends at a bar in San Francisco. And when Josh Johnson came in, I mean, it's funny when you think about it in hindsight. But I told my friends, I'm like, hey, don't worry. Josh Johnson, he is a, <laughs> you know, grizzled veteran. He's been in the league for 14 years. This, <laughs> is like his, this is like his third time with the team. And that's being with the Niners. Like, he knows. This is, this is Harbaugh's boy. Yeah. <laughs> and it is Arbo's boy from the previous era, but like he knows football. That's why they have him at this position. Like he's not gonna lose the lose the game for you. And what did he do? Well, he fucking gave up a touchdown right before that time. So I know. Uh, at, at that point, Justin, were you just were you just lining up the shots at that point? Oh my god, that second half was a little um a little fuzzy. It was a little fuzzy. It was just this big blur, you know. Um, you you hope in the second half that they can go back and respond, but they didn't. They they punted, and then you know they give up another touchdown, and then blah 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 blah. Thirty-one-seven final score. Yeah, just a big blur. That's, in the fast half. forward to, I think uh, at halftime I wasn't taking any shots um, before halftime, but then when the, the turnover before the half. Like, all right, tequila time. <laughs> well, we you know it. what? Speaking of tequila time, I thought, you know, could the son of a bitch do it? Could Kyle Shanahan really make this a ball game um, going back to his system? Because at one point, that Chris McCaffrey touchdown run, their only score of the game, that was like Madden. He like trucked two defenders, broke five tackles for the 25-yard touchdown score. And tied the game at one point. It tied like, the game. Yeah, for like seven minutes, it was tied seven seven. And I was no, like, at that point, I was I was screaming. I was all like, "Yo, we have a game. Let's go one at a time, one play at a time, one series at a time." Um, shit. But I mean, it just goes back. They couldn't establish a run where even when Josh Johnson would pass it, it would either be deflected or it's just uh, too much pressure. Um, he just didn't really know what to do. Yeah, they, they, don't, they don't respect him passing the football. That's why they played the run. So that's why the run game can go because it's all about balance, you know. If you know that the quarterback is a fourth stringer or the quarterback has no real threat to um, to really stretch the field, well, yeah, of course they're going to play the run defense primarily. And that's why, you know, as good as CMC was, he, he finished the day, I think he had like 15 carries for 85 yards and, and, a, and a touchdown, but – no one else did anything, um, and it's really hard to play, let alone win a football game when your cards have already been um, have already been shown. You know, fourth string quarterback not competent enough. 
this defense, um, and we go back to penalties and then losing their composure at, at the end of the game. Trent Williams. They also had um, um, they also uh, had um, a couple delay games. Yeah. Yeah, that those were backbreaking. The defense penalties. Yep, I agree. Um and you put that all together on the road, um you're not going to win a lot of football games that way, especially yeah. at this level. This, I mean, this Eagles team obviously we're talking about how the Niners fucked up and lost the game, but you know, make no mistake this Eagles football team was was certainly the better team. They were they were they were the most um they were the most prepared, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's – what are your thoughts about the – okay, well, obviously there's the big controversy, the, um, the fourth down pass to Devontae Smith uh, yeah, not, and, being, and give, not being challenged. Give credit to Sirianni too. So it was the opening drive for those that are we're alluding to. It was the opening drive that the Eagles, they went for it um, two times on fourth down. The first time they converted, uh, the Niners – Sent a, sent a blitz, a really timely blitz, and almost had Hurts, but he was able to deliver the ball down the middle. A.G. Brown, who barely t- catches it right before it hits the ground, he, he snags it for the for the first down, and then they go for it again on another fourth down. This time around, Jalen Hurts is rolled out. The coverage is good, but Devontae Smith, for a split second, is able to break free, and, you know, it's like a 20-yard throw. Um, at first it looked like an amazing catch, a one-handed catch, but then upon review, um, did not look good. But the weirdest thing about that, Tom, and you can talk about this in more detail, is like the first view of that catch looked like a catch, and then it went through the commercial break, and then you know out of nowhere you saw this other angle that sh- showed otherwise. But by then the Eagles are already scrambling to hike and get the next play. Shanahan, his coaching staff, I don't know what the hell happened, but uh, no challenge flat was, was taken out. Um, the play went on, and they would go on to score the go-ahead touchdown to open the drive. Yeah, that's uh, – I think we were talking about earlier, uh, kind of bringing it up. That uh, Shanahan, he said he looked at the big board, and he was looking at the replay. And the replay to him on the big board, it looked like a catch, which, sure – and they're playing that hurry up offense. They wanted to snap the ball. Um, Billy was successful at doing that, and I guess it's kind of like the re- NFL's responsibility to take a look at that. But I think everything was just so quick, where you know they they snapped the ball within I don't know seconds, um, and at that point, you know, can't really see anything. So Shanahan he said he was going to call the timeout and then challenge it, but. He didn't want to burn that timeout. So yeah. First he just let it go. First drive, yeah, that's right. I guess, you know, there's there's something to do with it with the home field advantage, you know. the I don't want to say this is true. This is just strictly my opinion. Is You know, you got the media team up there that has the replays. They're, they're playing the replays. They see it before they put it on the big screen. Uh, you would think that they would probably show a view that's more favorable towards the, the home team. Than showing, you know, the other angles, but also it could have been they have the 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 video angles were not available. So I mean, it kind of goes both ways. But that's kind of one one of my conspiracy theories about that that the Philly 
media team chose not to show it when they had it available. But if you really want to go into um, that can of worms, and I don't mind opening this can, but you know, if Shannon had challenged it, it would be a turnover on downs. They would get it. And then I have a feeling that Shanahan, you know, with the momentum of the defense, you know, they get the ball back. Um, maybe they play, you know, a more conservative approach because they're on house money with the possession. They run the ball. They don't, they're not as play action heavy. And maybe Brock doesn't get hurt in that instance. I can do the what if mm-hmm. game, but you get what I'm saying though. I mean, that really changed it because with the Eagles scoring on their first drive to take a commanding 7-0 lead, Shanahan on 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 the other side of the field, he wants to be a little bit more aggressive and, and match the touchdown, which puts him in, and Purdy and the offense in a more aggressive approach. And, well, you get the play that we just saw to, to get Purdy hurt. Um, but if it, was, if it was 0-0 coming off turnover and downs, um, I would like to think that Shanahan's play calling would, would have been a, a little bit more um, um more, more I know what you're trying to say it would have been more Shanahan-esque right yeah run you know, run 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 build it build up the play action and take that chunk play yeah imagine that scenario zero zero coming up the turnovers versus being down seven zero after the opening drive you know mm-hmm. your mentality completely changes sure yeah so but you know me I hate playing hypotheticals it's just I know this is just the, the joy you know one of the fun things about doing podcasts where we could actually, you know, drop all these different scenarios, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's hard to respond. Like you said, when you have your you know fourth string quarterback out there playing against an amazing defense, uh, you know, looking at the, you know, kind of looking at hindsight of like that D line versus our offensive line. You know, I think we said earlier in the week that, you know, our offensive line has been performing pretty well and they could hold up, but, you know, there were definitely some leaks in the pipes where that they were, the pass rush was getting through. So it's hard to say whether, you know, the Niners or, you know, Purdy could have, um, you know, ma- completed some of those passes. I think he would have been under duress regardless. Um, just, just the way that Philadelphia was getting through the O-line. Yeah. But you no, know, it would be it would have been tough either way. But at least I would have had better, um, kind of better hope as a fan seeing you know Brock Purdy than Josh Johnson out there. <laughs> I mean, this is a uh, shout out to our boy Iggy. But this is like a girlfriend that breaks up with you, not not giving you any any reason of why you guys are breaking up. Like you want some closure, at least for the Niners. You want to go out with your with your guns, with your boys, with Purdy under center. I would, I predicted 31, 28 Niners, you know, I, I would have been nice to see Purdy play all four quarters and, and lose the, the way the teams like to lose. Meaning you go out, um, guns ablaze versus this sort of like, what if, what it could have, should have. And at the end of the day, a lot of the blame is now going towards, well, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, fans are just wanting to point the finger at whoever they can at the moment, and that's kind of part of this whole grieving process, I guess. I'm mad. Um, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Yeah. Blah. Fuck it's their all, fault. Right? Their fault. You yeah. know. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> right. Um. What you? Th- what would you say that hurt more? 2000. 
last year NFC Championship against the Rams or this year? You know, uh, at first I was thinking the last year against the Rams because, you know what, uh, divisional at L.A., you know, the whole NorCal versus SoCal thing, like that's, you know, within the division. And obviously the Rams would go on to win the Super Bowl, which sucks even more for, for Niner fans. But this one is, um, you know, what could have what been. Uh, this was a very special season where this team had already gone through so much adversity, you know, First and foremost, Trey Lance getting hurt, Jimmy G coming back, his rise, and then his obvious demise with another injury, and then the rise with Mr. Irrelevance, Brock Purdy, the trade for Christian McCaffrey, just everything culminating. You know, Nick Bosa leading the league with 18 and a half sacks. Um, it felt like a special season. It felt like um, finally things were in the Niners' favor for once, um, despite, well, quarterback injuries. And just so happens that the last game of the season, you don't get one quarterback, but you get both quarterbacks hurt. <laughs> Not only did Purdy leave, but Josh Johnson got concussed in the second half, and Purdy came back in the game, but he wasn't 100, and the game was already out of hand. It's just, fuck. You know those last two NFC championships? There's a lot of what-ifs. You know, like, so, well, more, obviously more what-ifs than yesterday than uh, than the Rams, but they were just so close. Like, um, you know, one thing that pops out to me in, in the last year NFC Championship was uh, when Stafford heaved it and it just bounced off of uh, Tart's chest plate. Remember that? Yeah. That would that would have been, that would have been game right there, but, you know, obviously he didn't catch it. And this one's just I, like... That's why we like football so much, because it's l- elimination, it's Special teams, it's defense, it's offense, it's play calling. Um, there's 53 people on the roster at, on game day. There's so much, there's so much shit that goes in, that goes into this every Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, right? That's just it's just one of those things about football. Like when people ask me at work today, it's all like, "How are you doing?" I'm like, "No, oh, it is what it is," you know. So like that's sucks that that's the way that it's gonna end, but. You know, as a fan, you can't be nothing but hopeful, right? You have to look forward to, you know, fuck. Here we go again. <laughs> we and just gotta be thing. hopeful, right? You know, it's this, this roster was something special, but you know, it got it got detracted by you know just just one injury from one singular player, um, and it's crazy how. No one really knows what this team is going to look like next year. Really. I mean, if we want to list off all the, you know, the, the um, yeah, I mean, free agents, Jimmy we got Ward, Mike McGlinchey, Emmanuel Mosley, Charles Amanu, Samson Ebicom. There, there's there's a couple of names that where they're going to have to. Rob, Robbie Gould. Robbie Gould. You know, it's, uh, it's part of the game. All, all teams are going to have to make some hard press decisions on who they're going to spend their um, spend their cap room on to, to keep. Or let like yeah, go, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, first things first, you know, for the priority is, you know, Bosa, he's going to become the the richest pass rusher in NFL history, most likely. Yep. You yeah, as you should. Yeah. At least, you know, he's going to be crowned defensive player of the of the year, most likely. You know, we're going to have a bunch of uh, Niners representing us in the Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. which is nice. So it's going to fucking hurt. I'm. I don't. 
I'm already making plans that doesn't involve the Super Bowl on February 12th, but that's just me. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Rihanna. When people ask me who are you rooting for, I'm rooting for Rihanna. For Riri. Just a friendly reminder, though, only one fan base comes out of this whole war that it's the NFL season. Only one fan base comes out happy. Right? Super Bowl, NFC Championship be damned. Only one fan base comes out of it this season victorious. And it's uh, it's a vicious cycle to tee up. Yeah, it is. Would you be down for 49ers in hard knocks next season? You know, um... I think they've been approached in years past. I, I think that from what I understand, Shandy and Lynch have been a big no-no um, that they w- would not want to do it. But that was that was back in the day. I don't know how it would be now. Uh, so I always be, thought, like, yeah. does the team get the final say because it's owned by the NFL? So it's like the NFL is like, if Goodell says no, you're going to be on the HBO this year. You have to be. I don't know. How does that work? I mean, I'd like to say um, at the end of the day, the team has to be okay with it because, I mean, it's it's a lot. Yeah. We'll see. It's extra credit, too. You know, like, I don't know. Um, some some yeah. teams will line up and be like, yeah, fuck it, we'll do it. Other teams, not so much, so. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, would, you, would you want that to happen, that sort of coverage? You know, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, the way that if you're seeing it from kind of, you know, as a ex- – if you're an executive from HBO and you saw everything that happened to the 49ers, how can you not want them to be covered like this, right? This is yeah. – I see ratings, and they understand how big the Niner faithful are. Um, so I could see why they would want to, but you know, sure. they have that – Let's they, just talk about it. That, yeah, the Niners, yeah, the Cowboys. I mean, there's some big time franchises. Um, New York, New York, whether it's the Giants or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I get it. The Jets. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's gonna be a long off season. Hopefully, uh, our boy Brock Purdy is able to re- recover. Speaking of recovery, so this came in from today too, in the aftermath of it all. There were a couple of people on Twitter, like, and I know, you know, you're watching like live and people have mixed emotions, but a lot of people were calling out pretty saying like, what the fuck, man? Like you're warming up. Like, why don't you fucking get in and stop playing like, a you know, stop just man up and play. Right. Well, they found out that his UCL, um, it wasn't a sprain. It's a tear. And presumably he might be out for six months. So, going back to the Niners quarterback room, you have Trey Lance, who is still in a walking boot. You have Brock Purdy, who should be should be back by training camp, but, you know, um, it's kind of like a Tommy John sort of surgery or sort of injury. Uh, and usually that takes longer, right? And then you have Jimmy G as a free agent. So you go with a little bit of optimism into the position to, like, I don't know. Uh, are they back at square one? Like, how how do you view this offseason? I guess, I mean, Trey Lance obviously gets his chance, right? I think a lot of people, a lot of fans were writing off Trey Lance, including myself. I was a little doubtful. I was like, wow, Purdy's actually, you know, he's looking like he could potentially be the future of the 49ers. But 
you know, I, I don't know. I get, obviously they said that the six month time period, that would mean uh, pretty would miss all of the off season activities, yep. which takes them all the way through training camp, maybe onwards. Uh, Trey will be ready before then. So um, yeah, I think it's going to be strictly a competition between yeah. those two. And I think they're both, I hate to say it, but they level playing field because who knows how Purdy's going to come back from that. Um, I guess what's working in Purdy's favor is he's young, he's able to recover, um, and you know he has the back of the org. Um, the organization has his back, so you can say the same thing about Trey Lance too. Um, yeah, yep. So it's uh, you have two young quarterbacks that um, that have a lots a uh, lot of mystery to them. Honestly, because I don't know, I don't know how Brock Purdy is going to be after this injury too. He already had concerns about his arm strength to begin with, let alone, you know, this sort of injury to your elbow with your your throwing arm, and then Trey Lance for that matter. You know, obviously, um, it's been a while since we've seen him play, but you know, just how good this team is, we don't know. <laughs> we, we yeah, really don't we know. really don't. We really, we really don't, don't know. know. Yeah. So, well, left field. You think the Niners, you know, fucking Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, do they, they go that route? Veteran quarterback. Uh, okay, you already know me. If yeah. you talk to me, um, I respect Brady. I understand his stats. He is, to, in my opinion, the GOAT. He has shown it. He has proved it to me. Um, But he was healthy last year. He had a fully healthy offensive roster but he still couldn't do shit um i mean you know you know it's not all an, you know he's an old geezer i don't think a 47 year old quarterback right now would improve the roster okay maybe as like a veteran presence but in order to get him we uh the niners would have to trade right and we really don't have much capital i think at this point you have to start doing, considering some recoup, depending on the roster. Um, I don't even know if Niners are would be in a win now mentality next season, or kind of. I, I don't know. Are they kind of in between? Like, a, are, are we not rebuilding? I think rebuilding is not the right word, but you get what I'm trying to say. They're they can go they're a lot of lose, different ways because yeah. uh, the good thing about them is, you know, whether it's Fred Warner or Bosa or Debo, uh, they're playing in their prime years right now. Um, so this this is going to be their – Yeah, you know, actually, yeah. You're right. You know? You're right. But that's the frustrating thing that comes with it is just you're in your prime. You're so fucking close. Like, you know, I'm sure it does take a toll mentally on these players. Um I'm They'll sure be back. Still, I, I'm sure it's taking a toll like on Shanahan too. Back. Yeah, they just, just have to. It's a reminder, though. Like Andy Reid for all these years, fucking always lost until he won it, and now he's now he's a winners, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. You see that Vic Fangio is a possibility for the Niners defensive cord. Yeah, because I saw earlier in the week that he was gonna take the job to be the coordinator to go to the Dolphins with Mike McDaniel, but that rumor is false, and so he still remains a free agent, dot, dot, dot. 
should D'Amico Ryan's, as expected, go to another um, another gig for head coaching? Uh, that could happen. Yeah, that'd be interesting. We'll see where D'Amico ends up. Yeah, he's he's been he's been nothing but great. I mean, I I wish him all the best. I wish he could stay, but you know that's not the way that the business goes. You get yeah. offered a promotion, you go. That's the nature of the beast, and you know whether it's a fucking elbow injury in the first quarter or cap casualty, you know, for for a lot of these players to, you know, just contract disputes. Like all this stuff is, it's part of the league. Um, you know who would be a interesting promotion too within the Niners is um, Chris Forrester, the D line coach. If he gets promoted to defensive coordinator, I think that would be a that'd be intriguing because he's he's turned that D line into into a beast. You know that would be interesting. Um, from what I understand, he's more like a Michael Singletary, or not Mike Singletary, but like a. Um, uh, I know he was saying, uh, "What's his name?" Tom Sula. Tom Sula, where he does very well, respectively, as a defensive line coach, but he might be. I don't know if he's suited for the, the coordinator position, but I, I I hear you, though. You know, kind of maybe keep it within. I mean, D'Amico, that's what he did, right? He was a linebacker's coach before he moved into the D-court position. I mean, who's to say that Shanahan doesn't have a person in mind already? I mean, the writing's been on the wall for quite some time, the last two, three years about D'Amico Ryan's ascension. So I'm sure he has a pretty good idea, or at least – a contingency plan should it come to that. You just don't know. Yeah. 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 Well, no, we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I guess we're officially in the off season for the NFC West, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Cardinals. Now the Niners are officially out of playoff contention. So it's just, yeah, we got to gear up for that now. Yep. But, yeah, I guess you know. It's, uh, I I didn't put this together, you know, two and two together at this moment. But uh, my friend pointed out because he asked me, if, you know, what am I doing this weekend? I was like, oh, I'm actually going to be in a wedding in Cancun. And then he goes, <laughs> he's all like, Cancun? Question mark. Tell the team I said hi, and I'm all like, oh shit. That's right. You're actually right. It's like. I'm literally going to Cancun after the 49ers take a loss. I'm, <laughs> I can say it. You're gonna see I'm Robbie not... Gold, George Kittle, <laughs> Nick Bosa, yeah. Warner. It'll be great. Uh, Debo Samuel. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll be like, hey, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> what are you doing here in Cancun? Yeah, I know. Well, um, honestly, let me know if you. Do come across any players that that become? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. We'll see. Yeah, fucking fanboy. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. All right, TF. Well, any other final words about this game, the season? Just yeah, whatever, I guess I wanted to, makes, to end, you know make you feel right. I want to end on a good note. Um, what an incredible run! Uh, if you look at the you know the story arc of the 49ers quarterback. Um, um, situation from Trey Lance to Jimmy to, you know, to Purdy all the way up to the NFC championship. Um, yeah. What an incredible run that, 
they definitely gave us we 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 had mental health gymnastics throughout all the season uh but i would say it was all worth it it was all worth it so i'm i'm happy to be a fan of i'm happy to be part of niner faithful and you know just look forward to next year yeah um as i alluded to earlier whether you're Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan, you know, until you win the big game, the monkey is going to still be on your back. And who's to say that, you know, Shanahan's legacy is is done. It's, it's not, it's far from it. Um, but I think at the same time too, Shanahan, despite a very trying year with both Jimmy and Trey and Jimmy and Purdy and Josh Johnson and all that together, um, you know, you saw Shanahan literally work with, with five quarterbacks this season. And for the most part, won big games despite who was under center. Um, it goes back to show about his coaching, the staff, uh, the preparation, you know. And he saw a lot of ascending coaches on this team uh, really prove their worth, like Brian Greasy as the quarterback coach. Um, as you mentioned before, Chris with the defensive line. Um, I mean, you know. They've gone yeah, through so uh, much turnover every every season, right? And Anthony Lynn, running backs coach. Anthony Lynn, um, running backs coach. There, yeah. There's a lot of good coaches on this squad, and you know I hope most of them stay uh, within the organization. Would love to have them back and just continue the success for uh, for next season, and just get fucking right back in there and just say fuck you to the rest of the league and just. And just get right back in it. And for that matter, too, I mean, shoots, all that turnover the last couple of years. If D'Amico Ryans does go to greener pastures for a head coaching gig, he's most likely going to take some of his people there, too, as he should from the Niners staff. It's going to be another challenge for the, the Shanahan coaching tree to, you know, nourish and bring new people into the fold. But that's what the NFL is. And that's why we're uh, not only podcasting about it, but that's why we're Genuine fans uh, of the game, you know? Yeah. So just uh, stay tuned. We're officially into the NFC West offseason. Um, I'm still going to watch the Super Bowl and enjoy it. I'm going to have squares and prop bets and all that fun stuff too, but um, just another tough pill to swallow in the NFC West. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so. All right, Tia. Well, I appreciate your time, and to all our listeners, appreciate y'all hopping on the pod, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify, uh, Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Until next time, see you up. Enjoy your Monday nights. Onwards we go, okay? We out here. Peace. Peace.